0: Midwest Crime Files is an unscripted true crimes podcast. In it, we discuss heinous crimes and how they are committed. Viewer discretion is advised.
1: West Crime Files. I'm your host, Gina. I'm Chris. And we're here to tell you the stories of small towns and the heinous crimes that change them forever. This week, we have a very special two-story-in-one episode, and there's definitely a theme. The theme is Teens Who Kill for Thrill, the Gavin Ramsey and Alyssa Bustamante stories.
0: I'm glad you said that name because there's no way I could have remembered or figured out how to say that correctly.
1: So we will go ahead and just jump right in then. I
0: want to I want to add a caveat real quick. I just want people to re- to remember that Gina is the crime junkie in the family and I am her moral support in this. So everything you're getting from me is reactionary as a person that doesn't has never heard like the true crime stories and stuff like that. I just want to put that out there in the ether.
1: we're gonna jump right into Gavin Ramsey's story so Margaret Douglas was a 98 year old woman living alone in Wadsworth Ohio so first of all we can pause on that 98 years old and still living at home that's amazing
0: yeah that's awesome
1: she was born September 15th 1919 in Akron Ohio she was very social outgoing independent she had her garden and and she just loved to be out in her garden and before her husband passed away they used to travel quite frequently she you know being an independent woman and not um you know really building her life around stereotypes she chose not to have any children she and her husband wanted to travel the world and They, you know, children just was not for them.
0: (laughs) Sometimes I wish I would have made that or we would have made that decision.
1: Oh, no, you don't. (laughs) It would make life easier sometimes. It makes
0: it a lot easier. This podcast would be so much easier.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But Margaret had plenty of friends, neighbors, and nieces and nephews, and people that, you know, just kept an eye on her and kept her company after her husband passed away in the year 2000. She was really looking forward to turning 100 in 2019. She was wanting to have a big party and and really just celebrate this amazing life that she lived. But in April of 2018, Margaret's family and neighbors, friends, they weren't able to reach her. They weren't sure if maybe, you know, being elderly, something had happened medically to her yeah. or maybe she fell and couldn't get up. I mean,
0: there's a reason life alert is a thing.
1: Exactly. And you know, at 98 years old, it's extremely possible something could have happened. Right. I mean. So, when they hadn't heard from her since April 3rd, and they asked the police to do a wellness check, on april 9th so after six days of nobody knowing where she was
0: it's weird that they waited that long
1: well keep in mind too that she didn't have children and a lot of her nieces and nephews didn't live in the same town as her okay yeah so you know like it wouldn't be that uncommon
0: but you know i'm i just feel that the 98 year old person on the block would have the neighbors wondering if they didn't see her you know
1: yeah Family accompanied police to search the home and they were looking for clues as to where Margaret could have gone because they didn't see her anywhere. Her nephew opened her front closet and he found one of her favorite shoes laying on the closet floor. Now, these were the shoes that she typically wore everywhere she went. So as he went to pick up the shoe, he realized it was attached to something. The shoe was attached to Margaret's deceased body. She was in the closet with clothing covering most of her. However, once they removed everything on top of her, they found Margaret deceased, partially clothed, and her bra was pulled up over her head to expose her breasts. That's
0: kind of disgusting and disturbing.
1: Those who love Margaret were horrified. I mean, I can't even imagine you, you know, when you're thinking, oh, my elderly aunt hasn't been, you know, seen or answering the door. Like, you're probably going in there maybe thinking you may find her deceased, but not like that.
0: Right. I mean, this is, this is like one of those times where you're like, oh, she's going to be in her bed, you know.
1: Yeah. She passed away in her sleep or maybe she had a heart attack or maybe she's laying on the floor with a broken hip. You certainly don't expect her to find her in the closet
0: half-naked, you know. And
1: covered up, so obviously something happened to her. Right. Margaret's cause of death was determined to be strangulation. She had fractures to her eye socket, her C7 vertebra, which if you guys don't know what that is, that's your neck. Yeah. Her neck was broken, and she had several blows to the head. Due to the position of the body in Margaret's clothing, They really felt like there was a sexual component to this crime, but the autopsy didn't have any conclusive evidence of an actual sexual assault. But, you know, you don't pull somebody's breast out and half-unclothe them if there's no sexual part of this. And the crime just didn't make any sense. There had been a few carjackings, though, around the town at that time. So, police spoke with Margaret's family members, but they were quickly able to rule them out as suspects. So, everybody always looks at the family first. Yeah, I
0: mean, because they're the most people that are going to be beneficial to them. Like, they're going to get the most benefit, I hate to say it like that. And with elderly
1: people, you're usually looking for financial benefit. Yeah,
0: like life insurance policies, wills, and stuff like that.
1: Right, but they were quickly able to eliminate her family, and... And they started focusing on the neighbors. Now one neighbor in particular really drew suspicions. He was noted to be watching the crime scene, which if you guys don't watch a lot of true crime stuff, a lot of murderers insert themselves into the investigation in some way. He was noted talking to reporters, making odd comments, He became the prime suspect because he just repeatedly inserted himself into this investigation. During questioning, the neighbor described Margaret's body and her figure. He talked about how she was really pretty when she was younger. And so these were just odd things that really just rubbed the police the wrong way. Yeah,
0: that that seems a little creepy. Yeah,
1: definitely creepy. Definitely. Definitely. The crime scene investigators collected a glove from the crime scene, and it contained Margaret's DNA on the outside and another sample of DNA on the inside, so they decided that was most likely the DNA of the killer. Yeah. The prime suspect, the neighbor, the creepy neighbor, was tested, but it was not a match. His strange behavior set off alarm bells, but he wasn't the killer. The neighbor was then eliminated as a suspect. Police turned their attention to the carjackings in the area, thinking maybe they were somehow related. You know, maybe this was a robbery gone wrong or something. Right. The carjacking was caught on camera, and they saw a young man on the security footage getting into the vehicle with the apparent victim of the crime, However, the victim had claimed he had picked up an injured man, and the young man on the video did not appear injured whatsoever. So they went back to the person whose car had been jacked, and you know they're like, we know you're not telling us the whole story because you didn't pick up some injured person along the side of the road. Like, this was an intentional, you picked him up, he was not injured, much younger than you, like, what's going on? So he finally admitted That he met a young man on an online dating app that pairs older men with younger men. So he picks up this younger man and they start hooking up, but things didn't go as planned. And the young guy carjacked the older guy. So (laughs) if you can't explain how you ended up a victim, Without incriminating yourself, maybe you need to rethink your choices. Right.
0: Maybe that maybe that quest line that you're going down is probably the wrong, wrong route.
1: Right. But unfortunately, even though they now knew how he met the carjacker, they still didn't know who this carjacker was. A few days after Margaret's body was found, a burglary was reported to police. They started to investigate... And they found a cell phone that had been left behind. So, world's dumbest criminals. When you rob somebody, don't leave your cell phone. Yeah. That's just a bad idea. Um, Police unlocked the phone, and they were quickly able to determine who it belonged to. And it was a young guy in the neighborhood who was well-known for, like, petty crimes and stuff. So, this wasn't somebody that was, you know, not on their radar already. The kid, his name was Zach, was brought in for questioning, and he was noted to have scratches on him. So, this immediately raises suspicions. So, obviously, he had been in some kind of tuffles, so could he be the person that killed this 98-year-old woman? Right. Security footage showed another young man was also involved with the burglary, and so they asked Zach, "Who, who is this kid? And Zach told him, that's Gavin Ramsey. So at this point, Gavin's brought in for questioning. And they talked to him about the burglaries and the carjackings. And he admits to the burglaries. But he says, you know, I only took things that were like minimal value. It's not that big of a deal. You're making too big of a deal out of it. So He said he wasn't interested in really stealing the items. He only did it because he liked the thrill. So, teenage adrenaline junkies basically carjacking and burglarizing houses because they like the thrill. Right. It's a little unsettling. He also admitted that he was the young man who had catfished the man on the dating app and committed that carjacking. Police filed charges through the juvenile system for the petty crimes and since they were charging him with robbery and um, carjacking, they confiscated his phone and got a warrant to search the phone for evidence. So at this point in time, they're looking at Gavin for these burglaries and things. They're not really. Yeah, they're
0: looking for like petty theft, kind of like. I mean, it's not petty theft. I mean, but that's what we just like classified as.
1: Right. I mean, they were thinking. You know, Zach has these scratches on him, so if, if these are any way related, they're kind of looking at Zach. They're not looking at Gavin. Right. But when they open Gavin's phone, that all changes. They find several searches in his search history for the murder of Margaret Douglas. Now, mind you, if you live in a small town and somebody's murdered, I think you're going to, like, Google that on your phone.
0: Yeah, I mean, that would, it would draw suspicion a little bit, but, you know, if somebody around here got murdered, I'm going to Google it, you know.
1: I mean, I Google things all the time about murder because I do this podcast, so Google search in and of itself, not the biggest deal. Right. But they also found photos and videos, and the photos and videos were of Margaret Douglas and they were date-stamped for April 6th, 2018. What the police found horrified them to their core. 17-year-old Gavin Ramsey had taken additional photos and videos of Margaret after her death. Police had found their killer and Gavin was taken into custody. So these photos and videos start with him peeping into her windows as she's undressing, Taking videos and pictures of this 98-year-old woman undressing. And then there's pictures of him assaulting her and killing her while he's doing it. And then pictures of him doing sexual things to her deceased body. Jesus. Gavin admitted to entering Margaret's home through an unlocked door and taking photos of her as she slept. He then woke her up and started to strangle her. Once he realized she was dead, he spent a nice amount of time with her corpse, sexually abusing it. He took pictures of her after he ripped her clothing and exposed her breast. And I'm going to have Chris read a quote from the judge in this case.
0: Uh, The judge said, quote, this crime was depraved and premeditated and of a nature not previously seen in this community, End quote.
1: Police were also able to find gloves that matched the glove at the crime scene in Gavin's room, and they found Margaret's wallet in his dresser drawer. The 11th grader was charged as an adult with aggravated murder, aggravated burglary, kidnapping, and abuse of a corpse in Medina County, Ohio. Gavin Ramsey pled no contest and was found guilty of all charges. He was not 18 at the time of the crime, so he was not eligible for the death penalty. A sentencing hearing was held to determine his sentence. Gavin's mother, she testified for her son, and I get it to an extent. I mean, when it's your child, you're going to do whatever you can. Um, She testified that... Her son suffered from mental health issues and that she had tried to seek help through counseling and medication, but it really didn't make any difference. He had a lot of uh, behavioral problems throughout his childhood and adolescence. Forensic psychologist Luna Jones examined Gavin and determined, quote, he suffered from conduct disorder where a patient violates rules and engages in destructive and violent behavior in addition to a sexual disorder where he is aroused by the suffering of others without their consent, end quote. That, to me, just means he's a sociopath. Yeah, it does. Evidence was also presented that Gavin suffered from depression, ADHD, and alcohol and marijuana dependency. The psychologists believe that the chance that gavin would commit a similar crime if released was extremely high so they're saying this this kid's a sociopath he will do this again yeah gavin however said that he was remorseful and chris i'll have you read gavin's quote
0: uh gavin said quote i wish i had the words to express how sorry i am end quote
1: that seems so empty to me
0: it does it just seems like something that was written out by the His attorney that says, hey, you have to say this.
1: Right, exactly. A notebook found in his room described his murderous fantasies. So that was presented as evidence that he was not remorseful at all, and I don't think he was.
0: No, and they pretty much, I mean, it pretty much looks like he's a serial killer in the making. Absolutely. At this point, you know. Absolutely.
1: This is a sociopath for sure. Gavin Ramsey was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole for the murder, as well as 10 years for aggravated burglary, 10 years for aggravated kidnapping, and 12 months for abuse of the corpse. The judge ordered that his sentences all run consecutively, so not at the same time. Right. But Gavin Ramsey, of course, is appealing his sentence. And what I do know is that, you know, nationwide right now, there's a lot of cases going to the Supreme Court and a lot of legal things trying to say that it's unconstitutional to sentence juveniles to life without the possibility of parole. There's...
0: And I think with this, this is one of those cases where... I mean, he was, what, 16, 17? 17. 17 years old. I'm sorry, dude. Like, you know what your actions are. Like, and I think that's something that maybe the justice system has to more define more. Mm-hmm. Like, what age can a, Like, what's the actual age somebody can be committed? Like, if they commit a crime, they can be charged as an adult. You know? But I also know that there's eight, nine-year-olds that are more mature than a lot of 18-year-olds. You know? So I guess I, I can see how that weighs into it, and it's just going to be a case-by-case basis. But I'm sorry, if they find you competent and... The ability to judge right from wrong in, like, a psychological profile and stuff like that. Yeah. Then I think you should be charged as an adult, no matter, like, what the age is.
1: I mean, I think there's some evidence that suggests that teenagers up until they're, like, 21, 22 really don't have the frontal lobe development to make really conscious decision not conscious decisions, like they can't fully appreciate the consequences of their actions and, right. and they don't have impulse control and things like that. However, that being said, if you do something as heinous as murder, well stalk, then murder, murder
0: a ninety eight rob
1: man. and abuse sexually abuse the corpse of a ninety eight year old woman for the thrill of it and the psychologists are saying he will do this again.
0: And then you find evidence in his room that, you know, that he's had fantasies of doing this, you know. Right. Not just once, but numerous times. Yeah, I I'm, don't
1: want Gavin Ramsey free.
0: No. And, yeah, I mean, I can see, I can see how part of it would be like, oh, it's a men, like his mental condition and stuff like that.
1: But the things that they presented, I'm sorry. I am an ADHD mama, and, you know, without giving away too much of my children's personal information, the things that they talked about, conduct disorder, ADHD.
0: Depression, anxiety. Like, right.
1: Like, alcohol yeah. and marijuana abuse. Like, I'm sorry, but none of that is an ex- not even an excuse. It's not even an explanation for As what for, he did. Right. I don't buy it. I'm sorry. The only thing, when they basically said he was a sexual sadist, that's not a mental disease or defect that gets anybody away, you know, out from under a murder charge I do have to
0: say, though, that I think it should be a little bit more than 12 months for the abuse of a corpse.
1: Well, I think they figure he's got life in prison plus 28 years anyway, so. Well. But no, I agree. I mean, that's a horrible, horrible, horrible thing.
0: Like I understand that that's like probably out of all the charges, that's probably like the lesser of the. But damn it, like she was a ninety-eight year old woman.
1: Right, you couldn't even let her die with dignity. You had right. to. You had to steal abuse her. her. Right, and
0: and you ha- and then you stole the last what? Like at that point in time, you're not counting years. You're probably counting months. How many months right. I have? You know, like kids. You know, kids nowadays. Like kids our age is what you're I was so going to say. Old. <laughs> you know what I was going to say was kids our age. Like, we're 40, or I'm 40. I was going to say, be 40. don't put
1: me in that category.
0: You know, like, I'm still like, oh, yeah, I got still, like, 40 years left, you know? Like, when you're 98, you're like, oh, how many hours or days do I have left?
1: Yeah, it's just, you know, she should have had that chance to celebrate her 100th birthday. Right. And he took that from her, and not only did, you know, it's not even just, like, she got caught you know, in a drive-by, which would be horrible enough, but, like, she was brutally murdered and victimized.
0: This this wasn't an accidental death, like, an accidental killing. I don't know if that's how I want to say it. You know, like, it wasn't like, like you said, she was caught up in between something or, that you know, she was... Even
1: if he had robbed her, like, don't get me wrong, it would still be terrible, but even if he had robbed her and in the process of robbing her, like, shot her or something... No, he killed her in the least dignified way possible.
0: Well, the most, like, personal way, too, by strangling her.
1: Right, and then,
0: ugh. I just want to know why they're, like, did he just, I wonder if he, like, how much he abused her afterwards. I'm not, like, talking to sexual, but, like, physically, if she had the broken neck plus the broken orbitals. Yeah. You know, like, how much was done after the fact? Because the way, you know, the story played out, he just strangled her to death. So what the fuck did you do that you broke her neck and broke her eye sockets?
1: Right. I mean, and you know why he picked a 98-year-old.
0: Because, well, not there, there's probably not going to be any fight left.
1: Exactly. I mean, he just picked a vulnerable lady and performed unthinkable atrocities on her and you know for that reason I don't want him to ever be free I don't no. know how I feel about you know I think a lot of juveniles who commit crime you know even a serious crimes could be locked up for a significant amount of time and, and maybe still at some point in time be a productive member of society but Gavin Ramsey's not one of them No. so oh and you know, when it comes to vulnerable victims, you know, that's kind of the best leeway into our next story. So we're going to start talking about Alyssa Bustamante. So Alyssa's story brings us to Missouri, St. Martin's, Missouri, and back to the year 2009. On October 21st, 2009, nine-year-old Elizabeth Olton went outside to play with her six-year-old neighbor. Her mother was cooking dinner and expected her to be home by six. When Elizabeth failed to show up, her mom instantly became worried. Elizabeth, being only nine, was really afraid of the dark, so her mother knew she wouldn't stay out past dark. So when she still didn't come home, her mom began to panic. She contacted the neighbor whose granddaughter was the little girl that Elizabeth had went out to play with. But they said they didn't know where Elizabeth was, and they actually hadn't seen her all evening. So that was alarming. Yeah. At that point, Elizabeth was considered a missing child, and a huge search party was formed. Elizabeth had a phone, but when they called her phone, the calls just kept going to voicemail. I can't imagine something scarier than not knowing where your 9-year-old child is.
0: Right. I mean, and we're from a generation where we left all day. Right. know. Yeah.
1: The police put a track on the phone, and they were able to determine that Elizabeth's phone was somewhere in this wooded area right behind their neighborhood. The search was focused on that area, but they just kept coming up empty, and they just couldn't find any trace of this little girl. Police brought in the six-year-old neighbor girl for questioning to see if they could find any clues as to what happened to Elizabeth. The girl claimed that she was playing with Elizabeth for a while but that her older sister Alyssa was present while the girls were playing as well. Police sought out 15-year-old Alyssa Bustamante to determine if she knew what had happened to Elizabeth. She told authorities that she was aware that Elizabeth was missing but She didn't have any clue where she was. Alyssa did admit, however, um, that it was her who had dug a shallow hole in a wooded area that police had found. She said she just liked digging. The hole was empty, though, and there wasn't any signs of Elizabeth. But the behavior was beyond odd and strange. Yeah. And so at this point, they're really wanting to find out more about Alyssa Bustamante. They were granted a search warrant for the home where Alyssa and her siblings lived with their grandmother. And so a little bit about Alyssa. She was born January 28, 1994, and her parents were both addicted to drugs, and she was a result of a teenage pregnancy as well. Her parents were really unfit. Alyssa's father was in prison, and a friend of Alyssa's told reporters that he was there for assault with a deadly weapon. Her mother was an addict and frequently in trouble with the law as well. So both of her parents are in and out of jail a lot. So for that reason, Alyssa and her siblings were in the custodial care of her grandparents. Alyssa struggled throughout her life with mental health issues, and at some point, she was even hospitalized for mental health issues. She was on antidepressant medications, and she also had a history of self-harm. So she would do what's called cutting, and those of you who are not familiar with that, um, that is when somebody will self-mutilate. A lot of times, like on the wrist and things with a razor blade. Um,
0: and they, they cut because they feel that... The rush that you get, like the initial rush of endorphins that you get whenever you're into yourself and that the letting of the blood just kind of like they could feel like their issues kind of draining away when the cuts bleed and stuff like that. So that's what cutting is.
1: And it's a red flag of there's something wrong. Yeah. She also had a YouTube account and she filmed some like very alarming videos, um, She filmed a video where she was encouraging her twin younger brothers to touch an electric fence, and in the comments section, she put something along the lines of, "This is the part where my brothers get hurt." Ha ha ha.
0: Well, now, how much of that is her being a sociopath or having mental issues, and her just being an older sibling that's an asshole? Like, hey, touch this fence, guys, and nothing nothing's gonna happen.
1: Well, that's possible. But on this YouTube channel, she also had her little profile, and on her profile, she listed her hobbies as cutting and killing people. Alyssa also had a history of suicidal attempts. So, I mean, we're talking about a deeply disturbed young woman. Upon executing the search warrant to her home, authorities found... Um, several poems and writing all over Alyssa's walls and some were even written in blood. And the way that it's described, it's almost like what's called hypergraphia, which is somebody that like if you just imagine a notebook where like every piece of the notebook is covered in some sort of drawing or words.
0: Think of The Shining and Jack, or what's the guy's name in The Shining? Jack? Yeah, where he's like, you know, all work and no play makes Jack a a dull boy. Isn't that the the Shining? I don't
1: know.
0: Well, just think of it as like that kind of thing where they're just writing stuff repeatedly and just trying to cover every space of the, the notebook.
1: She talked about really dark subjects, including cutting, pain, and hurting people. She also had letters from her father, who was in prison, taped to her walls. But the most disturbing thing they found in Alyssa's room was her journal. In her journal, there was an entry on October 21st, 2009, the day that Elizabeth Olton disappeared. But it had been, like, scribbled over so that you couldn't read what it said. Authorities were able to decipher the writing however using backlighting so they put the light behind it so they could see what had been written and chris i'm going to have you read what it said
0: it said quote i just fucking killed someone i strangled them and slit their throat and stabbed them now they're dead i don't know how to feel atm at the moment it was amazing as soon as you get over the oh my god i can't do this feeling it's pretty enjoyable I'm kinda nervous and shaky though right now. Kate, I gotta go to church. LOL. End quote.
1: That is what this 15-year-old writes in her journal after she murdered somebody. Under questioning, Alyssa admitted to sending her little sister to elizabeth's house to lure elizabeth out so it's not like her sister was just playing with this girl and she decided she was gonna kill her oh no it was way more planned than that yeah she actually sent her sister there to lure this little girl out of the house
0: that makes it like 10 times worse
1: yeah she was a targeted victim she then sent her sister home and took nine-year-old elizabeth out to the woods to show her something Elizabeth followed her for almost 15 minutes before Alyssa stopped at a pre-dug grave that she had dug several days before. So she had dug multiple different graves out in this wilderness area, planning to murder Elizabeth Olton. Alyssa then strangled Elizabeth while she watched the life leave the girl's body. She also stabbed her with a kitchen knife that she brought along, and she cut the girl's throat. She buried her in a grave and covered her up. 15-year-old Alyssa led police to the remains of Elizabeth Olton.
0: It's just horrible.
1: Despite being just 15 years old, Alyssa was charged as an adult with first-degree murder. This is another kid who just did it for the thrill of it, wanted to know what it felt like to kill somebody. On January 10th, 2012, Alyssa entered a guilty plea of second-degree murder and armed criminal action.
0: Bullshit.
1: Her plea dismissed the first-degree murder charge, although this was truly a premeditated crime.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you can not call it premeditated when she had graves pre-dug at different spots.
1: Right. I mean, this was very well premeditated, but, you know, and they brought that up at the sentencing hearing, but they allowed her to plead to the second-degree murder to avoid trial, basically. Um, At the sentencing hearing, the prosecution noted that Alyssa had dug the grave in advance. She had sent her sister to lure the victim out of the house. She expressed a desire to kill someone to multiple friends before the crime. And she had documented her violent fantasies in her journal. So this is another case, just like Gavin Ramsey, where this is a serial killer in the making. Right. The defense countered that Alyssa was mentally unstable and required mental health care and therefore should be given a lighter sentence. I'm not saying that Alyssa Bustamante isn't mentally unstable. She has more of a case for mental illness than Gavin Ramsey did. Right. But holy crap.
0: But if you look at it on the link, what's truly different about her and... The other case, though. Yeah. Well,
1: she had some hospitalizations for mental illness, and the hypergraphia is usually a sign of either schizophrenia or bipolar. So I'm not saying she is or she isn't, but I think, like, if you want me to believe that one of these kids is mentally ill, it's I would believe be. it'll be Alyssa.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, she was sentenced to life with the possibility of parole for the murder, plus 30 years for armed criminal action. With the sentences to run consecutively. Awesome. So, again, one after another. While it's still possible for Alyssa to be paroled one day, she will spend a minimum of 35 years in prison before she's eligible.
0: So, she'll be 50 by the time she gets out, or yes. if, if she gets out.
1: Yes. She filed an appeal in her, cla- in her case claiming that she would have not have pled guilty had she understood the possible effects of a case that was pending at the time. And the case is Miller v. Alabama. And this is one of those cases that we were talking about earlier um, with the United States Supreme Court arguing that sentencing minors to life without parole was unconstitutional and is uh, cruel and unusual punishment. So what she's saying is that had she understood that there's a possibility she would have not been eligible for life without parole, she wouldn't have taken a plea bargain, right. And she would have taken her chances. Um, however, her appeal was denied. Elizabeth Olton's mother won a civil suit against Alyssa for five million dollars. So your first instinct to that is probably like, how is this kid who's gonna spend a majority of her life in prison? going to come up with $5 million. Well, chances are she's not. But what this does is it ensures that Alyssa will never be able to make money from her crime.
0: So, like, if she gets, like, a book deal or something like that.
1: Right. Or gets paid for an interview or for assistance with a book, anything like that. And she, all of, any kind of money that she makes will go to the Olton family.
0: Well, that's awesome. Like, I... At least they got that.
1: Yeah. And there is a push um, in some states have actually even already passed laws that make it illegal for criminals to profit off of their crimes. So, you know, it would make it where anybody that's accused, especially murder, I don't know how it is for other cases, but I know for murder in particular, um, that they could never profit off of it.
0: Yeah. And I don't think they should be able to. You know, because you're basically profiting off, well, you are profiting off the death of a a human being.
1: Right. Gavin Ramsey and Alyssa Bustamante were deeply disturbed teenagers, and they made a choice to kill an innocent victim. They chose their victims based off opportunity and the fact that they were vulnerable. A 98-year-old woman and a 9-year-old girl. Both sought to commit their crimes simply for the thrill of the kill. Both murderers were deeply disturbed and had oppositional behavior. And the only thing I can hope is, like, maybe there are psychologists and forensic specialists and forensic psychiatrists and things like that that can look at these two cases and other cases like this and really start to figure out what are some warning signs.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you could find out, like, who could, like, who has the potential to be a serial killer before they kill, you know, that would be amazing. But then you're getting into kind of, like, the minority report kind of-esque thing where you're trying to predict crimes before they even happen.
1: But, you know, maybe they can find warning signs that say, like, you know, my teen is doing this and this, you know, maybe if I get them mental health care now... They won't become a serial killer. Right. But I don't know. Then there's also the theory, too, that a true sociopath, there's nothing you can do.
0: They're going to find ways to do it.
1: They're, yeah. I mean, a lot of people b- believe there is absolutely nothing you can do for a true sociopath. Nothing. And that's why they don't believe that they should ever be allowed out of prison if they're a true sociopath, because they'll do it again. Yeah. So I don't know. But I mean, at least maybe that these cases can be studied. And we can at least learn warning signs, so maybe we can protect ourselves better, or I don't, I don't know what the solution or is, maybe, but...
0: Or maybe we could use it just to better understand mental health disorders.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, like, this is maybe win one for the Gipper kind of thing, and, you know, you have two people with severe mental health issues going on, like, let's try to figure out some you know, outliers and stuff like that that kind of maybe point to why they developed it or, you know, genetics or something like that, so.
1: Right. And, you know, I think it's like really looking at how this kind of stuff can happen. You know, it's just, it's frightening to me to think that you can live in a small town send your child out to play with another child and not even know they're being set up for premeditated murder. Right. You know, or that your 98 year old aunt isn't safe in her own community. Right. You know, it's just, it's disturbing, but this is one of the reasons that we do this podcast. I've always been a true crime junkie. Chris, not so much. He's learning as we go. Um, But, you know, we want people to realize that this stuff happens.
0: Yeah, it's not Every just... Every day. You know, and there is a lot of stuff that's on the news and stuff like that. But a lot of this stuff is covered for maybe a news cycle and it's gone.
1: And you, you, don't, know, you, you it, don't get the whole story. You
0: know, you're not going to have, you know, high profile cases where it's, you know, celebrities or sports athletes or anything like that. You know, those are going to take up, you know, weeks and weeks. Oh, because, oh, they're so popular. You know, but you don't like the stuff like this where it's you know someone killing a kid you know another kid killing a kid or you know a kid killing an elderly person you know that doesn't yeah it's the shock values there for maybe a day or two but that's about it like you're not going to get the news coverage and that's kind of what we're wanting to do is to bring light some of these cases that are from smaller towns and stuff like that
1: well and sometimes like i remember when elizabeth holton was killed um I remember seeing it on the news, and I, I knew about Alyssa Bustamante's story before I researched for this podcast, but I had never heard of Gavin Ramsey, and that's kind of my point. Like, even in your own little bubble, right? you know, you're still not necessarily going to see it, and if you just watched the news about Alyssa bustamante you didn't get the full story either yeah you know they showed a picture of a girl in like gothic looking makeup and said she just was evil and wanted to kill people and yeah i think that's true and and i still think she's culpable and responsible for what she did i'm not saying it excuses it but i do think Alyssa bustamante has mental health issues right you know but that's not an excuse for murder that doesn't excuse it and it doesn't Diminish your responsibility in the situation, either. You know, some tr- some mental health conditions. I understand why someone's not responsible due to mental disease and defect, but it's not the case with Gavin Ramsey and Alyssa Bustamante. They are serial killers who happen to get caught with what we hope was their first murder, right? But who even knows? Well,
0: especially since Alyssa had all those. The graves pre-dug and everything.
1: Yeah, very creepy as to what her plans were. Right. Um, If you want to see more information, including a list of references, some pictures, and the blog post for this week's story, visit us at www.themidwestcrimefiles.com. Make sure and like and follow us on Facebook. We are getting so close to that 3,000, so we're going to do another live in the next couple of weeks as soon as we... Surpassed three thousand followers on our Facebook page. Um, we look forward to doing the lives. We had so much fun with that last time. We
0: did too. Oh yeah, we did. We did. And, <laughs> you know what I'm trying
1: to say. Um. So you know, we look forward to that. And you know, when we do our live, we'll do some more fun giveaways and things. Um, we've got about half the season left for season two. We've got some great stories coming your guys' way. So I think you'll really enjoy them. Yep.
0: And. Well, I guess that ends this episode, and we'll talk to you guys later.
1: See ya.